Hey guys, welcome to the She Knows Arsenal match preview for Arsenal versus Olympiacos in the Europa League. We are live. Hey guys, how are you doing today? We're going to be doing a match preview for our game against Olympiacos. So, I don't know, if you're in the chat box, let me know how you're feeling today. It's still morning for me, you know, so it's morning time, but I'm sure wherever you are, it's probably afternoon. So just let me know how your day's kind of going, if you can hear me well, and if you're still buzzing after the North London Derby. I think we're going to be living off of that for a while. Let me just silence my phone really quick. Okay. Hi, Velvishwan. No silliness in the chat box today, Velvishwan. You were doing a madness the other day. I know you're a Liverpool fan, but, you know, let us live. Let us live. But thank you for being here. I appreciate it. So I think just to get started, we're going to talk about the press conference before we get into, you know, score predictions and predicted lineup, because I think that the press conference was a little bit revealing in regard to who may or may not uh, play in this game. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. Give me one sec. All right. Let me know if you guys can see that well. Yeah. So let's go ahead and get started. So in this press conference, you know, Arteta spoke about Martinelli, Smith Rowe, and Aubameyang. So, you know, he talked about, you know, having we we did score the three away goal, so we look like favorites to um, to move on, you know. But we do need to be careful and make sure that we don't, you know, shoot ourselves in the foot. Um, on the latest team news, everyone is more or less okay. We have a few doubts, but hopefully, everyone will be involved in the squad. I think that. You know, that kind of applies to Bakayo Saka, maybe even Emil Smith-Rowe. He did run quite a bit in the, in the last game. And, um, you know, so we'll see about that. Um, he did talk about how it's a good time for, you know, other players to get some minutes. Um, there is still another 90 minutes at least to play for. And we know it's going to be tough and everybody has to be ready. So I think one of the best things that Arteta has done in these last couple of weeks has made it really important for the entire squad, you know, to be involved. Um, I think in the past, what we've seen is that there's been a real emphasis on the starting 11 and maybe one or two other players. But I think Arteta has made it his business to keep the entire squad engaged and, and feeling important because we're going to need every single person from now until the end of the season. He did speak about Martinelli. We can take a little bit of time talking about that. Um, you know, for me, the Martinelli situation is one that has been overblown. And um, I think to a certain extent, because he's so highly regarded in the Arsenal fan base as somebody that, you know, was a catalyst for us last season. He was, he was very good, uh, a spark for us. And he was also a spark when, you know, it was around Christmas time and Arteta was really struggling. My thing with, with Martinelli is that we have to remember that this is a player that is coming off of a, a terrible injury, an injury that in most cases you don't get to full strength before like 18 months, you know, so we have to give him the time to, to get, physically ready to play. And Martinelli is um, 
is a high octane type of player. Like the type of Martinelli that we love is pressing, you know, running up and down the pitch, you know, really aggressive. And the only way that he can play that way is if he's a hundred percent physically fit and ready to play. And I, I get the the argument about, well, he's, he's clearly ready because he's on the bench, but you know, um, just because you're on the bench doesn't mean that you can play a full 90 or should be starting, you know? So in a game where we don't really need, you know, Martinelli to come on to score or to, you know, to change the game, maybe it is better to just put in a Willian and let him just close out the game versus risking Martinelli unnecessarily. I also think that we have to remember that Martinelli is a player that's come from the fourth division in, in Brazil, you know, the, the going from that type of league to the premier league is a huge step up. I get that he played well last season, but the way that we played last season was completely different than the way that we're playing now. Arteta has really implemented his system at this point and the last couple of times that Martinelli played, although he had great energy, he didn't seem like he had, in my eyes, really um, gotten the tactics, if that makes sense. Um, in the Manchester United game, he he was, you know, out of position quite a few times, losing the ball unnecessarily. You know, he did that really good, you know, goal-saving heading clearance from Rashford, but really it was because he was out of position. So this may not be what you guys want to hear, but for me – I'm not really worried about Martinelli coming off of an injury, you know, not immediately coming into these games because we have Saka, Pepe, Emil Smith-Rowe who can play out wide and, and Willian that's been playing decently. So do we need Martinelli right now? I don't think so. And Arteta said, you know, on why Martinelli hasn't been playing it. He said, if anything, it's his fault because he's done everything perfect. He trains incredibly well every day his attitude cannot be any better he is disappointed he's not playing more obviously and he has spoken to him but he needs to be a little bit more patient he's had some minutes he's had some games as well and it's true the competition for front positions is very tough but he needs to be patient and he will get his chance I, I believe this to be true for for Martinelli and Pepe and in our post-match show that we did a couple of days ago after the North London Derby I, I did say that I believe that Martinelli and Pepe, their season is going to be next season when certain players, you know, are not so, you know, uh, leaned upon, you know, in a season where we are, we're really under the cosh now, you know, we really don't have, you know, the wiggle room to be, you know, I think Arteta's trying to, to, to go with stability and players that he can rely on versus Martinelli, who's still trying to learn what position is his best coming off of a hard, um, a hard injury and, and trying to learn tactics, you know, and we don't want to put him in a position where maybe he's not playing well and the fans, you know, start to, to criticize him because you, you know, we're good at that. You know, if he's not playing well, we will start to criticize him even though we begged for him to play. So I, I believe Mar um, Arteta is doing the right thing here. He did talk about a bombing as well. He said, everything is resolved and really positive in a positive way. So we move forward. You guys let me know in the comments, how you felt about Aubameyang being late, you know, to the North London Derby and whether you thought Arteta was, was right in him dropping him. I think that, you know, if we think about it from a holistic, you know, perspective, it, 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 it couldn't have went better for Arteta. You know, he, he could have 
dropped a bombing and had to bring him on because um, we weren't doing well or, you know, he would have been blamed if we had not won the North London Derby. But whether we won or not, I personally think Arteta did the right thing um, in terms of making sure that the the rules that are set are set for everybody. I know some people believe that, um, you know, the rules should apply, be applied based on the level in which the player is like young players should be treated a certain way and senior players should be treated a different way, especially if they're really important to the team. But personally, I think everybody should be treated the same. And if you, you discipline the captain, then everybody else will follow suit. He, he talked about on whether a bombing will be, be able to come back into the team. And he said, no, everybody has to obviously perform at the highest level to earn their place in the team. And there's no exception there. And we will try to put a really competitive team out tomorrow to try to win again. So there's no guarantee on whether a bombing will come straight back into this team. He spoke about Emil Smith Rowe and, you know, may, maybe he needs some rest. Um, he talked about Emil Smith-Rowe obviously running his socks off um, in the North London Derby, but his priority is to win the next two games, which is um, our game against Olympiacos and, and West Ham, which are going to be two really difficult games. Um, I don't think we can completely just rotate this, this side too much because we've seen in the past that sometimes when we rotate maybe too much, you know, we lose a lot. And the last thing we want to do is give up an early goal against Olympiacos and then capitulate. When we saw we were up to one and up a man against Tottenham and we didn't seem confident there, you know, so I think maybe that'll stick in Arteta's mind and he'll go with a stronger lineup than maybe we would anticipate for a game that seems or a tie that seems like it's it's already kind of done. He spoke about Bakayo Saka. He basically said that he's doing another test and it, he did feel something muscular um, but he's been much, much better, and um, they've both been, been really well. So they'll make a decision this afternoon on what they'll do. You know, so not sure if I personally don't – I would not risk Bakayo Saka for this game. Um, I would let him rest. I think this this um, this niggle or this, this injury has been on the cards for a while. So I would rather see him against West Ham if that's possible versus playing him in a game that we should be able to get over the line because we do have somebody like Pepe. But we'll talk about, you know, my predicted lineup in in a couple minutes. This is somebody who we spent quite a bit of time talking about in this in this uh in this press conference and that's M Martin Odegaard. There's been a lot of conversation of late whether this is a player that we would try to bring in permanently. Um I think that he's a perfect fit for us um, and gives us the perfect balance in the midfield um, that we've been looking for. Um, and now that we've kind of seen that Emil Smith-Rowe and Martin Odegaard can play together, I think that releases some of the anxiety of feeling like, you know, um, Emil would probably be getting the short end of, uh, end of the stick here. But there's something about Odegaard and his quality that I think is something that we need to, to, to get in our squad. He has obvious quality on the ball. He has vision that none of our other players really have. And that's something that we need to take advantage of. Sorry, you guys. But um, yeah, I'm sorry, you guys. This is so unprofessional. But I think that uh, Martin Odegaard is somebody that I would like to, to see come in permanently. You know, what do you guys think? 
about Martin Odegaard coming in um, permanently. So he talked about how he's been scoring goals and he's not surprised that um, he's playing so well and that he's been very professional and very dedicated and he leads by example. He's been getting better and better. He thinks his understanding of what we want is excellent. His work rate has been phenomenal, which is something that I thought was very underrated in the North London Derby. And then he's doing something that, in his opinion, could improve a lot, which is getting an opponent's box and maybe being more decisive on the scoreline. Yeah, I think, yeah, he, he still continued to talk about him and talked about how he's now the Norway captain and things like that. But I think this is a player that we have to get, you know, signed on permanently. What do you guys think about that? Let's get into some of your comments. Straight Shooter says, hey, Jess, or hello, Jess. Thank you for, for stopping in. Computer Boy 97 says, hello, Jess. Hey to you, too. Belvishwan says, it's going to be a 1-1 draw. I don't see Arsenal putting out a full, fully strong 11. We'll see. RJ says, big up. Big up to you as well. Mohamed Chowdhury says, hope Martinelli gets some minutes tomorrow. We can talk about that in a second. JB says, big up, Jess. <laughs> Looking hella fine as usual. Thank you for the compliment. <laughs> um, yeah, Velbeshwan says, sub JB. Oh, I'm getting confused because my name is Jessica Black, so I guess JB is the other JB, not me. <laughs> um, Lalasanak says, Arteta was right, even if he was – it was a gamble. Now it's over and we can move on. That's how to handle that kind of stuff. I agree 110%. Mohamed Chowdhury says signing Odegaard should be priority. I agree. And Flo Lassenac says, yes, bring Odegaard in. I'm a little worried about the price though. Um, for me, I think that if he tells the, here's the thing is that when you decided to keep Arteta, when you decided to hire him first, you had to, you're going to have to back him. I don't think that he would have left Manchester city without some sort of guarantees. Things haven't gone our way, but I think because things haven't got, gone our way, we actually have to lean more into Arteta now this summer more than ever. And that means that the, the ownership is going to have to, is going to have to invest. If Arteta says that, you know, if I want to make one big signing this summer, it needs to be Martin Odegaard. They need to get him that player. Will that probably affect our ability to, to um, invest in other positions? Probably. You know, I do think that the midfield will be improved by one position, not two, um, based on kind of where we are and, 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 and the, the financial situation and things like that. But with Martin Odegaard, I think if, if, he asked the Cronkies to invest in this player. I think that they'll give it to him because we need to, to, to invest in this squad. JB says, Athletic could do a madness. Suarez loves to bite Chelsea players. <laughs> JB also says, Odegaard has scored some big goals recently. Yes, he has. So let's go ahead and jump into um, the predicted lineup. Let's change the formation. Obviously, we pour, play a 4-2-3-1. All right. Goalkeeper, I think just kind of based on Leno's form lately and how he looks a little bit stressed out 
playing out of the back. And, you know, um, there's been some, some talk about the goalkeeper situation and the coaches and, and that type of thing. I think that just kind of based on his form and, and some of the mistakes that have come lately, I think I would honestly give him a rest. I think I would put, bring in Matt Ryan for, for this game. I don't even know if he's in here. Let me see. He's not even in here, you guys. Let me see if I can find him. How annoying is that? There it is, Matthew Ryan. I think I'd bring in Matt Ryan. If you guys, you guys could disagree with me if you want, but I think based on kind of how shaky Leno has looked playing out of the back and, you know, just maybe he just needs a mental break for this game. And I don't necessarily feel like bringing in a, a decent backup goalkeeper would be a big deal in this game. Start off with the right back. Cedric played. Bellerin didn't. Um, but part of me feels like I would play Bellerin in this game. He played well against Olympiacos last game. So I'd probably play him there, but I have some some reservations about playing him on the right-hand side with Pepe, who is kind of who I want to play on the right-hand side of the, the attack, but we'll see. Let's move over to right-sided center back. In this position, I'm going to play Rob Holding. And I'm just going to go ahead and put him with his his partner here in Pablo Marie. Um, I would give both David Louise and um, and Gabrielle a rest. I think this is perfectly fine to go ahead and rotate these players. Um, and actually, I'm going to make a change here. Just I'm going to play Chambers here. Um, for, for one, I think people need to see Chambers play so that we can sell him in the summer. And the more I think about it, the less I want to put Callum Chambers with with Nicola Pepe, who who's who I want to put at right mid. Uh, Rob Holding, like I said, can come back in. He hasn't played in a while since his concussion. So I'd like to see him in this game and Pablo Marie, him and, and Pablo Marie play well together. At left back, I think Tierney just has to go ahead and play again. We don't have a, a true backup and and I don't think I would play Cedric there. I think just go ahead and play Tierney. Let's see what you guys are saying. Velbeschwan, no, he will not go to Liverpool. Akash says, I agree, Leno needs a break, hasn't looked 100%. I do think he needs a, a break. I would bring in Matty Ryan. Velbeschwan says, run arson and goal. It's all about the vibes. Okay, great, thanks. <laughs> um Carl Locke says Chambers at, at center back. I'm actually going to put him at right back. Harry says, I think we'll see Hector Bellerin in the Europa much more and Cedric mainly in the Premier League. That, that's, a, that's a good shout. I think that – I think Cedric looked really good um, against um, against the Spurs, you know. So so we'll see. But I, I think I would put Chambers here at right back for some reason. Um, Mohamed Chowdhury says Ryan played well against Villa. Would Defo like to see him play more? Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate that on his his Arsenal debut, the, his highlight was really <laughs> getting scored on by Villa, but that goal really wasn't his fault at all. And I did think after that, he looked really, really good. 
Akash says um, Chambers at right back. I agree. I agree with this. So how do we rest Tierney then? You know, how do we rest Tierney? If we want to rest Tierney, then I would say play Cedric at left back. Um, do you guys think Cedric should play at left back so that Tierney could rest? Um, I think Tierney is kind of one of those players that we're going to play him until he breaks down. Um, he's so integral to everything that we do. And I just don't see him getting a rest in this game. Yep, gives the minutes to Ryan. Will Abba play or be rested for the Liverpool game? Well, don't we play West Ham first? I got confused for a second. I think we play West Ham first, then Liverpool. Okay. So I'm going to keep it like this. This is my predicted lineup. I don't think... I don't think Karen Tierney is going to get a rest in this game <laughs> for some reason. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say that um, Jaka will play this game. I don't think he'll get a rest. He never does. And if he's fit, he plays. And I think he'll play next to El Nenny. I think Arteta hinted at El Nenny playing this game. Um, he spoke in the, in the press conference. Um, and he's been talking about how much he's been shooting and all that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, Thomas looked really tired towards the end of that game in the North London Derby. So I'm going to put Mohamed Elneny next to Granite Chaka here. What do you guys think? Mohamed Chaudhry says, scratch Odegaard back up to Tierney is, pro um, is priority. Um, I don't know about that. I think, I think Cedric can play um, left back if need. So I think Odegaard is, is the most important player to bring in in the summer. Lingard, you know what you need to do against Arsenal. He, the Emirates is is not the dance floor. I'm sorry, and um, you know I'm not too worried about this West Ham game, up to be honest. So yeah, I do think Granite Jaka is going to play. I do think Elneny is going to play. Um, I'm I just I don't see Ceballos coming in in this game. Um, I I just don't. I think Granite Jaka will play again. So the camp position, I do think that Odegaard will play again. The reason for that is because I think Emile Smith-Rowe ran his legs off against um, against Spurs. So I'm actually going to put Odegaard in here. Um, yeah, just to keep some continuity um, and give Emile Smith-Rowe a rest. Um, I already hinted at it that I think Nicola Pepe play on the right-hand side. So it might be better to have Callum Chambers there and not Bellerin because they don't play well together, but I wouldn't be surprised if Bellerin played. I think at left mid, you guys, I don't think Martinelli's going to play in this game um, because I think Aubameyang will play. I think he will start in this game. And I just don't see it. Um if a bombing starts, then I know Martinelli won't play because Arteta rarely plays them together. Um, I think William will play, and I think a bombing will start up top. What do you guys think? Do you think a bombing will start? I just I think just to show of good faith that this whole being late thing is over. 
Aubameyang will start and he'll start with Willian and, and Pepe. I just, I think he's hinting at Martinelli not being ready, needing to just wait his turn. I just cannot see him starting in this game either, even though I know we want to see him play. What are you guys thinking? Velvet Schwan says, Willian and Kedia and Nelson up top. I don't think so. JB says, on Tyrion, Reed made some very interesting comments on Sky Sports on Monday. What did he say? Carl Locke says, Pepe and Tierney would be lethal on the left side. Yes, they would. But I think what we're seeing is that Arteta likes the inverted winger on the, I think he likes a right-footed player on the left-hand side and a left-footed player on the right-hand side. So as good as I think Pepe, like you even remember that when we played against Southampton, Pepe played on the left when Cedric was over there because Cedric is right-footed, you know? So I think that William will play. So let's say if, if Tierney is rested and Cedric plays on the left, then Pepe may play on the left. You know what I mean? So I think he likes that, that balance there. JB says, Jess, is Henri your favorite Arsenal player of all time? No, he's not. My favorite Arsenal player of all time is a combination of Patrick Vieira and, and Gilberto Silva. Those two are my favorites. And probably just right behind is probably uh, Robert Pires. Um, as much as I love Henri, of course, I love everybody that, that was in that team. But to me, I just I love Vieira so much. And, and Gilberto is the player that I used to try to be like when I played. Mohamed Chowdhury says a bombing to start. Hopefully Martinelli as a sub. But yeah, let's put the game away. And then Martinelli will probably go ahead and, um, and, and play after that. Belvishwan says, does Arteta rate Martinelli? I think he does. I don't think any of the comments that he's come out with recently would suggest anything other than the fact that he rates him. Um, it's a narrative that's growing because there's a part of the fan base, in my opinion, that just wants there to be some sort of drama to be upset about a 19 year old from the fourth tier of, of Brazil coming off of a big injury that usually takes you almost two years to get right from it. It, it doesn't really seem like that far fetched to me that he would probably take a while to get into the squad. Ruthless Gunner TV says good morning from Sydney, Australia. Good morning. JB says on reset, Arsenal need to start better and have more belief when they, that they can win. Yeah. That comes with time though. You know, that comes with time and confidence grows over time when you get the results, you know, so hopefully the result at the North London Derby and, and some of these come behind wins will, will spur Arsenal on a little bit more. Belvishwan says on re on reset. No, <laughs> on reset. Naldini Phillips and Virgil van Kabak are world-class. I'm not sure about that. So do you guys agree with my lineup, my predicted lineup or not? Let me know in the comment section or in the chat box, whether or not you agree with this. I think Maddie Ryan will start in goal. Callum, Chamber Ch Callum Chambers will play right back. Holding will play right-sided center back. Marie will play left-sided center back. Tierney will play left back. Elneny will play next to Xhaka in the midfield pivot. Odegaard will play number 10. Pepe will play on the right. William will play on the left. And Aubameyang will start at center forward. All right. So let me just stop sharing my screen real quick. All right, you guys. So 
let's just go through some of your comments. If you guys have any questions, feel free, you know, to, to ask me any questions or if there's something else that you guys would like to talk about, let me know. Ruthless Gunner TV says, I believe we will end up signing Odegaard. I think he, he will push a move. You know, I think that he will want to push a move just because he feels so at home here. Um, he looks really happy. And I think at this point in his career, he wants to find somewhere where he feels valued and he can just kind of put some roots down. It's important for, for a player like him to go ahead and just be somewhere and be solidified and feel like he can just kind of relax and focus on his career. Um, and I do think that if Arteta goes to the board and says, this is the player that I want to sign, this is going to be our, our big money signing of the summer, he'll get it. Velveshwan says Smith Rowe for Odegaard. I think Odegaard is needed for West Ham. Why do you say that? Um, do you think, why do you think Odegaard would be a better fit against West Ham? Just curious. Ruthless Gunner TV says, I think he'll start a stronger team than that. Hmm. So who, who do you think is going to start in, in, you know, that's different than, than what I, what I chose? Philosonex says, yes, I expect something similar. Hopefully Martinelli gets some minutes, but the online outrage about him not playing is ridiculous. For me, it's just whoever's not playing is the, the stick that's used to beat Arteta to me. Um, when Pepe wasn't playing, it was Pepe. Now it's Martinelli. Why is it a big deal? Like, should he be playing over Pepe? No. Should he be playing over Saka? No. Should he be playing over Aubameyang? No. Should he be playing over Willian? That's probably the only maybe, but when he had the chance to play over Willian, he didn't play well, you know, and I'm not saying that Martinelli's not a good player. I'm just saying that he may not be ready yet. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think I'd rather see Martinelli be brought in to games when we're ahead, um, way ahead. Um, and maybe closer to next season when we can start fresh and he has a good preseason under his belt. But right now we're just, we're in crunch time. We're at the business end of the season and we just don't have the wiggle room to, to have Martinelli out there if he's not physically ready or tactically ready, you know? Carl Locke says we should go all in for Holland. Um, Locke is getting older and he tends to miss easy chances more frequently now. Um, as much as I would love Holland, I just think that the, the competition for him is going to be really stiff. I think Manchester City is in for him. Real Madrid, to a certain extent, is interested in him. He's Manchester United's number one target. And Chelsea also has the financial backing to, to make that deal happen. I think with the competition, it's going to be really tough financially. I don't think we can get it done. So as much as I would love to see Halan at Arsenal, I just don't see it happening. Velveshwan says Odegaard does things quickly and finds pockets of space. Moyes will go attacking, which means more space for Odegaard to exploit. Good point. Good point. Ruthless Gooners. Okay, so this is Ruthless Gooners, um, his his lineup. He says, Leno, Tierney, Marie, Louise, and Bellerin, Jaka, Party, ESR, or Odegaard, Willian, Aubameyang, and Pepe. So we have the same front line, 
Um, you kind of went with the same 10. You think party will start. The only reason why I don't think party will start is because he was out on his feet at the end of that game against Spurs. So I'm just not sure if he's going to get the nod. I, I'm really not sure. And Bellerin, I could see him coming back in again. I think it would be, it's difficult for me to, to see him and Pepe on the same side because they just don't play well together. But um, in theory, it makes sense because Bellerin is right-footed and, and Pepe is left-footed. So I wouldn't be surprised at that. Louise, you know, every once in a while, he needs a mental break. He needs that mental break so he doesn't make that mistake. So I would rest him. Velva Schwan says, Haland don't want to wake up listening to Europa League music. He only listens to Champions League music. Well, I guess he he's, he may not be coming to Liverpool either because you guys aren't a shoe-in shoe for, for Champions League, I guess, at this point, are you? JB says, do you think Pepe has lived up to his price tag? I mean, living up to a price tag that didn't make sense to begin with? No. I mean, he was never a $72 million player. I don't think most price tags this the, in these modern times are not what the player is actually worth. Like, you know what I mean by that? Um, I think Pepe probably when we bought him was probably around a $40 million player. I think this season he's proved to be a much better player than I think he's been talked about as. I think it's been kind of overblown how bad he's been. I think it's just the price tag makes it just the optics of it makes it a lot worse. Um, so living up to a price tag that was never realistic to begin with. No. And I'm, I don't really blame him for that, but I, I do think he's a lot better than people give him credit for. And he showed that this season. You're okay. So Velvet thinks that Liverpool is going to win the champions league. I'm just going to leave that there. Confidence is key though. Confidence is key. Ruthless Gunnar says we can make five substitutions. I think it will change players once the game is done and beyond reach for Olympiacos. That's a good point. That is a very good point that maybe he will start really, really strong and then finish the game off. And I think that that's, that's really important for this team because we tend to be really nervous when we are in positions of dominance, like being three, one up against a team like Olympiacos could be a banana skin for us because we'll be nervous that something bad will happen and, and the game will, will turn on its head or the tie will turn on, on its head. So that's a good point. JB says the market is very inflated these days, especially after the Mbappe and Neymar transfers to PSG. Exactly. I don't think if you really look at it, like there's a handful of players that are probably worth more than 75 million, you know, handful, like a handful, you know, so him being worth 72 million was never really realistic, you know, and he was never going to live up to that price tag, you know, so I'm not really worried about him. I think he's shown enough this season to, to be excited about, you know, especially for Arsenal fans, for rival fans, they'll, they'll never accept it. It'll always be used some, something to banter us with, but for Arsenal fans, I think we can be excited about Pepe in the future. Velva Schwan says with Pepe's price tag, he should be getting Salah's numbers, but as a player, he should be getting double digits goals and assists. Um, yeah, with his price tag, but again, he was never worth 72 million. You know what I mean? He was worth probably closer to 40, you know? So I, I don't really like, 
you know, get tied into that. Rufus Gunner says, have you heard of Ivan Tony from Brentford? Yes, I have. He has 27 goals and nine assists. So for this season, he could be possibly a possible Lacazette replacement. I do like Ivan Tony. I think that a lot of Arsenal fans are looking towards Ollie Watkins and thinking that, you know, maybe that's a, a market that we should kind of tap into. And I think to a certain extent, we should not be so elitist when it comes to looking at, you know, the, the championship for players. I, I don't think we should, you know, turn our nose up, nose up at it. But I do think that, you know, we have to look at the profile of player and not just the goals that he scores and, and think, is he the type of player that we, that Arteta is going to want to play as a number nine? I think he wants somebody with the clinical ability or the clinical finishing of a bombing, but he also appreciates the buildup and the, the technical quality per se that Lacazette has where he can drop deep and, and, and connect play. So Ivan Tony to me is a good player, but I'm not sure he would fit in the system. Does that make sense? But I wouldn't turn my nose up at a, at a, a at a signing from the, from the championship. Govan says Tottenham are pretty much through to the next round, but as an Arsenal fan, would you rather United get knocked out or AC Milan? Would you not want to face? Um, who would I not want to face? I'd rather take AC Milan. Um, I think we talked about this on the post-match show. I don't really want to see Spurs or Manchester United, not because I don't think we could beat them, but I just think for my own mental health, <laughs> it would be better if we didn't play either of those teams. The likelihood of us facing Manchester United or Spurs somewhere in this competition, if we continue to progress, is very, very good. So I think I'll just have to get over it. But if I had a, a, a choice between Manchester United or AC Milan, I would take AC Milan without question. Just, I can't handle it. I just can't handle it, you guys. JB asks, um, or he just says, going into the second leg, Arsenal are in a very strong and comfortable position with three away goals. I can't see Olympiaco scoring more than three goals. Just not going to happen. Um, I don't see it happening either, but I just think that even looking at us against Spurs, we were in a position of dominance two one up you know, um, and they were a man down and we got really nervous towards the end. And, you know, even against Benfica, none of the goals that they scored were goals that they created themselves. It was more individual errors from us. So for me, as much as I want to say that this is, is tied up, which I do think it is, I do think that there's a small percentage, a small little chance of us capitulating and making it closer than it should be. I don't think that Olympiacos is going to score enough goals to overtake us, but I think we can mess it up enough to make it so nervous and, and you know, anxiety-ridden, and it shouldn't really be that way. So I would not be surprised if Arteta went with a pretty strong lineup, tried to put it completely out of their reach, and then rested players after that. JB says Dan James came from the championship and he's doing quite well recently for Man United. I mean, I, I don't rate Dan James. So 
I think he's just a really fast, um, quick player. I mean, I can't really say he's skillful, can we? But I mean, yeah, I mean, he's an okay player. Um, I think, I don't know if you guys watched the, the Leeds documentary where they showed his, his transfer that was about to take place again um, to go to from Swansea to, to Leeds and how it fell apart in those last couple of minutes. It's really a shame that that didn't really go through. I know he's probably happy at Manchester United right now, especially because he's getting minutes, but I think that he would have fit in really well in that lead side. Velasenac says Tony is good, but it's still Edward for me. Hudson is a bit more fitting. I, I believe this as well. I think if I had to choose between the two, I would still choose Hudson Edward. But there is the question of whether or not Hudson Edward can um, replicate that same type of form in um, in the English Premier League. The Scottish Premier League uh, lacks quality, but I do think that um, he's a really good player. And if I had to take a risk, you know, take a take a leap of faith on one versus the other, I would take Hudson Edward because I think the profile fits more. That makes sense. <laughs> JB says Arsenal versus Spurs final and Harry Kane will end Spurs trophy drought with a controversial penalty in the 90, 89th minute. Thanks to VAR. I, I mean, that's like our worst nightmare. I would hate for that to happen. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, Velva Schwan says, I want to see Rangers versus Arsenal that, you know, they're a dark horse in this competition. I think Gerard has done a really good job with them. Um, they look really good. I, I wouldn't want to see them either, but we're going to have to start playing better teams at some point. So um, I wouldn't mind us playing against Rangers and, and seeing how that goes. Melba Schwan says Dan James is a pace merchant. I agree. Ruthless Gunner says Dan James is meh, headless chicken. I think we, uh, some of us are in agreement about um about what kind of player he is. Um, decent but I think he'd do really well in a system where he only had a couple of things to do, like more in a Bielsa system. Whereas um, Manchester United really relies on individual brilliance, um, which isn't really beneficial to somebody like um, Dan James, who doesn't have a lot of individual skill per se. JB says, I hope Manchester United win the Europa League, but I don't think we, we will. Oh, so you're a Manchester United fan. Oh, um, yeah, so you guys need a trophy. Um, you do. I mean, I think that Arsenal really needs the Europa League because we need European competition and we're not, we don't look like we're going to be able to qualify for it through the league. Spurs desperately need a trophy because that's the reason why they brought in Jose Mourinho. Jose Mourinho is on really high money. And if he doesn't get a trophy, I think that it'll really start you know, the conversation about what Spurs are really doing. So I think they're desperate for it too. Um, although they are still in the Carabao Cup, but I think the Europa League is the is the trophy that will stop people from talking. In regards to Manchester United, I think Oli getting to three semifinals, I think it is at this point, and not winning any trophy since he's been at Manchester United. He's been there longer than Arteta's been at Arsenal, longer than Jose Mourinho's been at Spurs. I think you need a trophy more than you guys need to qualify for. I mean, you do need to qualify for Champions League, and I do think you guys will quite easily through the league, but I think you need a, you need a trophy. Um, but that being said, I don't think you guys will win it. Mohamed Chowdhury says, would you take Bamford? No, 
I wouldn't, I, I don't want, I, I wouldn't take anybody from Leeds to be honest. Um, not because I don't think that they're good players, but I think the system that they play in makes them look better than individually than what they really are. The only players that I think have a lot of individual, individual quality in that side is probably Rafinha. Um, Rafinha is probably the only player off of leads that I would take. Ruthless Gunnar says I choose Edward as well. JB says Sokka is a very promising youngster. I think we're past the very promising youngster conversation. I think he was promising last season. I think he's really established himself this season. And um, yeah, I think, I think we're past the promising part with him. Ruthless Gunnar says we would slap up Rangers. They are very vulnerable defensively. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I maybe I should watch a couple of their games before soon so I can kind of look at them a little bit more. But um, especially if we get if we have to go against them, it'd be really interesting to see what we do against them. JB says the Man United fan base is so divided right now about Oli. It's not good, like you said, must win a trophy. Yeah, I do. I think. I think with, with you guys um, and I kind of felt the same way about Chelsea is that there's such so much individual quality that it really does paper over the cracks for the manager. I think Lampard was so bad <laughs> that it didn't work for as long as it's worked for Oli. But I think with a better manager, you guys are, would be a much better team. Um, I don't see a direction. I think he's just kind of flying by the seat of his pants and he's, he's smart enough to know that, okay, if I just put, a certain amount of protection in front of my back four, then the offense will just kind of work on its own. And to a certain extent it does, but in terms of like tactical, you know, competency, you know, in-game management and long-term planning, I don't really see that from Manchester United and Oli at this point. So I, I really think that the quality at this point is good enough to get you and, and what he's doing right now is good enough to get you second place, third place in a really bad Premier League season. But when the league improves next season, hopefully, how how good is the quality, the individual quality that you guys have in Oli to get you guys closer to Man City? That's that's kind of where my question is. Oh, and JB, if you didn't have Oli, who would you want as a manager? Because that's also, you know, they're about to give him a, a new contract. So apparently they're double down, doubling down on him. But who could come in and change Manchester United, in your opinion? Carl Locke says, what do you think about Mariano, Mariano Diaz as Lacazette's replacement? Um, honestly, I don't know much about this player. Um, I'll look him up, and maybe we'll do something in the international break. I'm looking for content ideas, so in, I'm going to write it down right now. International break to talk about striker options, and I'll look at him. How's that sound? Um, Glenn says, yes, um, that I put Ryan in goal. He did as well. So great minds think alike. Maybe he'll be there. Maybe he won't. JB says, I can't lie. Abba this season has not been at his best. Last year, he was much better. He is the reason you guys won the FA Cup pretty much. Um, yes and no. He, he, he was the reason why he, he was a big part of it. Emmy Martinez was also a big part of it. 
Um, I, I think if Leno's in goal, we don't win the FA Cup. That might be a controversial opinion, but I, I don't I don't think we win it without Emmy either. Um, every striker goes through goal droughts. I mean, you're a Manchester United fan, so you should know a lot about it, considering I think Martial has three, four goals this season. So it's not unrealistic for a goal, a goal scorer to go through a goal drought. It's an un- unfortunate timing, but he's scored 10 goals in his last 12 12 games, which is is a good goal return for somebody who's had such a poor season. Um, and this is his full first goal drought in his entire career, you know, so I'm not too worried about it. But yes, he has been, you know, underperforming, so to speak. Glenn says, do you think William will score a goal before the end of the season? Chances out of 10, two, I, I, he's not a goal threat. Um, I just, I don't think he'll score a goal before the end of the season. I'd be shocked. Ronnie says, would you take Sanderberg from, from Sheffield United as a par, uh, partner for party? So I have mixed feelings about Sanderberg. Um, I think he's the right recruitment direction in terms of looking at Premier League proven players that are on teams that are probably going to go down, uh, most likely going to go down. Sheffield is going to go down. So looking at a player that we'd be able to acquire without having to break the bank is, is a good thing. I think he's the right age profile. I think he's about 22, 23 years old. And I like his physical stature. That would give us something different in terms of, um, you know, set pieces and things of that nature. I think he's a good player, but I'm not quite sold on him. And I think the reason being is he plays in such a bad Sheffield side, not hard to look decent in that side. Um, But I'm just not sure if he's the right profile of player to play next to Thomas. Um, I'm not sure about him. It's like in one, in one, on one side, I'm like, he ticks a lot of the boxes, but in terms of, his skill sets. I'm not sure if he would be the right fit. Um, yeah. Is he better than Jaka? You know, ask yourself that question because when we're looking at a, a partner for Thomas party, we're looking for somebody that's better than Jaka. And I'm not sure that he is. Ruthless says, um, I think Lampard should manage Celtic and gain some more experience. I don't know what they're going to do with the Celtic position. I think they're looking at Jesse Marsh, um, the coach of um, RB Salzburg. I also saw that Chris Wilder is being touted for the job. Um, I think it'd be a little soon after such a horrible breakup from Sheffield this season. Lampard um, could probably do a job at Celtic. It'd be interesting to see Gerard versus, um, versus Lampard in the Scottish Premier League. I don't rate Lampard as a coach and I think Celtic are in, in a bad way and they need somebody with experience to get them back to, to that number one spot because this season has been very damaging for them and very embarrassing. So Lampard, I think in, I do agree that he needs to gain some experience, but I think he might need to go to a team maybe in the championship or something like that, where there's not a lot of pressure. I really don't understand why Chelsea would hire him based on what he did at Derby because he didn't do much. So Belvishwan says Mariano Diaz is a, is that striker from Real Madrid and he's off. I, I have to do some more, um, some more research on him. JD says we expect to have a solid um, 
we expect to have a solid sum summer transfer window, but um, but would I expect any real improvements from exi existing players under Arteta? Arteta is good at player development. I mean, I think that, yes, um, players will get better under Arteta. I would expect to see Odegaard grow in confidence and become a better player. Um, we're already seeing that Arteta is tasking him with scoring goals from midfield, which is something that we really struggle with. And it's not something that he's ne Odegaard is necessarily regarded for, you know, um, was regarded for at Real Madrid or at Real Sociedad. So I think players will get better. Um, the team in general will get better under Arteta. So I would say Emil Smith-Rowe will get better. Pepe will get better. Odegaard will get better. Thomas Party will definitely get better. I think Arteta is going to tap into the offensive aspect of his game, which is not something that he was able to really hone into or to improve at Athleti because Simeone is very defensive naturally. So I think a lot of players will get better. Mohamed Chowdhury says, don't think there's many replacements for Jaka. Arteta loves him. Plus he's left-footed. You guys, I think that with Jaka, he's going to be here. And like I said before, I think there will be one midfield um, introduction or midfield improvement. And if I had to guess, it would be bringing in Martin Odegaard rather than replacing or bringing in another um, uh deep line midfielder, somebody to replace Shaka. So um, I'm not desperate to replace Shaka at this point. I'm desperate to get Odegaard um, as a permanent signing. And um, people may disagree with me, but I think to replace Shaka, it's going to have to be a pretty spectacular player. He's been really good this season. So we're looking to improve, not just bring in somebody who is not Granite Shaka because we don't like him, you know? Okay, just a couple more, you guys. <laughs> Velveshwan says, would I take Nico Barella from Inter Milan? He is a baller. I think he is a good player. Why would he leave Inter, Inter Milan to come to Arsenal? Um, I think that's a big question. Would I take him? Maybe, but I think we're kind of stacked in those positions anyway. So um, would I take him in a fantasy world? Yes, but in reality, probably not. Renato Sanchez is available, but Renato Sanchez is also injury prone. So um, although I rate him, I think um, his injury record is something that we would need to take, um, take under consideration. And do we think that he could play in the Premier League? Okay. Okay, last one. Ruthless Gunnar says, do I still play football? I do not. Um, I played all the way up through college and I am past or college slash uni. I know that you guys call it uni. I played all the way through college and I am past college at this point. I'm not going to tell you guys my age, but yeah, I don't play anymore. Um, hopefully when, um, you know, we're out of COVID and all that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. I can find like maybe like an adult league or something to play in. That would be cool. So you guys, that's going to be the end of the stream. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I loved you guys in the chat. You guys were freaking awesome. You guys always are. The next show is going to be um, is actually going to be a combination of a post match for Olympiacos slash um, match preview for West Ham and in Arsenal. So that's going to be um, on Friday. So look out for that. It's going to be around the same time. So yeah, um, make sure that you guys are subscribed to the channel and that you like this video before you leave. 
share it to your social media so people can see the content. If you like it, maybe the people that you, you know, talk to on socials will like it as well. And I appreciate all of your guys' support and I'll see you guys on the next one. Bye guys. Oh.